Welcome to the dance bar. Hey, you guys. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Here we go. Here we go. First cheers of the night. Welcome to the Dance Bar Podcast. I am Lindsay Salfran. I am Erin Ernst. And today we're sitting here with a friend. I'm Suzanne Haig, and I'm the resident choreographer of the Eugene Ballet Company. Ooh, very nice. Ooh. Hey. Welcome, Suzanne Haig. <laughs> So today we are having a holiday beverage for our dance bar cheers. And Lindsay, I'm going to let you explain <laughs> this because she made it and it's magic. Well, it was inspired by Pinterest for sure. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, the Nutcracker this evening. This is our holiday special episode. So we wanted to talk about the Nutcracker being such an important um, show to a lot of dancers and non-dancers alike, um, which is also why we brought such a beautiful artist here to talk about yeah. that. Susie. <laughs> yes. um, but the Nutcracker, the Nutcracker inspired me to kind of want to do um, like a holiday type cocktail uh which means lots of sweets and lots of like cinnamon and Spice. things like that so i found this recipe that we'll definitely post somewhere on one of our social media platforms for you so that you can also make this at home um i'm gonna go ahead and call this the hazelnut cracker oh i love that nice yeah <laughs> yeah and we have the um oh, so what is the vodka hazelnut espresso vodka is it Crater right? Lake? It's Crater Lake. Yes. So another local. local. <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes like a delight. Yes. Just that alcohol by itself reminded me of the holidays. Oh, and for sure. so when you were saying like, let's do a holiday cocktail, I was like, I know exactly what is an ingredient. Yes. <laughs> and it, this one's interesting too, because it has a lot of almond milk. It's mm -hmm. versus like a heavy cream or an egg white or something like mm -hmm. that. So um, I think we're all really enjoying the lightness of the almond milk because it's actually quite a big part of the like the ingredients mm -hmm. um, as far as like ratio, but it's not really that heavy. So you can yeah. drink a lot of this, which may be good <laughs> or maybe really bad. So, <laughs> well, I feel like alcohol and milk is like real dairy is an actual problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe yeah, this only is a one dairy of free drink. I yeah, think. this totally. is totally dairy free. Mm -hmm. As um, it has a. Uh, like a whipped cream topping, um, but they make almond, almond milk. milk whipped cream at the store. It blew my mind this <laughs> evening. I was like, well, all right. Learning new things. Yeah. So all things Nutcracker. And mm -hmm. Suzanne, you have Nutcracker-itis right now, right? So much Nutcracker-itis. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the season to start. Yes. Because I had a year off, but... Oh. No. Okay. Well, yeah. Suzanne, mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about yourself and your background and um, how you got to Eugene Ballet Company and um, just kind of, I mean, as much as you want to tell mm -hmm. us about all My, of that. Sure. Yeah. Dance, dance background. Yeah, story sure. time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm from the East Coast. So What up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was born in Buffalo, New York, See? but I, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, and the Nutcracker part of this, I think, is going to start right away because watching the Nutcracker is what m made me want to start oh dancing, which is I, I so is not a unique story. I think a lot of dancers have that yeah. Yeah. as an inspiration. But I, I was, I think, all two, like barely three years old when I saw it. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember. I don't remember it. I just 
I know that there was music and dancing and costumes, and I wanted to do that. So um, my parents signed me up at like a teeny little school, and I I trained there for for a bit in my hometown. But then at about age nine, I started training at the School of the Hartford Ballet in Hartford, um, near where I grew up, and I trained there till I graduated high school. So that was sort of my foundation for my training and did many nutcrackers there what was that training like at Hartford um so it it was an incredible school and it changed uh sort of over the years the it was connected to the Hartford Ballet which was a professional company and over the years the directors there changed a little bit so the training also changed but I was really fortunate in that it it was ballet based um but I had a lot of other classes as a kid like a little kid I was learning lab on notation oh, cool. which is really rare right I on my arm <laughs> little kid that's totally no on way. my arm I have a tattoo of lab on notation that's awesome I tell people it's a treasure map that's so cool is it a treasure map map to kick well I don't know change? Susie can you read it oh yeah. I the last time I read one was like oh, I was 10 a long time that's ago. so amazing no one's ever learning lab on as a so little kid the dark one that's like is this plie and this is probably rise yes this is your left foot right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. It's a, I found but it. But it's upside down a, right now, right? Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Here. It goes this way. She sure, knows. I so. I don't know. You studied as a child. <laughs> I thought in a book. I, I mean, very, super basic. But I think it helped me really appreciate just um, the practice of dance as a kid. Yeah. You know, like, I wasn't just dancing. I mean, I was enjoying myself flying around the studio, but also, like, understanding the the practice of learning all the little details and I really dug that as a kid um that's so cool but we I mean we had dance history and um you know modern jazz you know lots of other classes but I my focus and my love was always ballet that is so Mm -hmm. cool history Mm -hmm. as a kid I love Mm -hmm. it yeah so Um, you started mm -hmm. you started with the nutcracker that kind of Mm -hmm. started this whole process and then that kind of leads me to asking you, how many Nutcrackers have you participated in? Oh, gosh. Um, that I you can like recall. We need, a, we need a, a calculator. So right right now oh, yeah. with Eugene Ballet, I dance, I, I'm retired from there now, but I danced there for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And um, that this company doesn't do the most Nutcrackers, but tours to the most cities oh. with Nutcrackers. So mm. in a given year, I could have done anywhere between 25 and 35 nutcrackers <gasps> and that's just shows that's not rehearsals or ed shows right um so that's 15 <laughs> years of about 30 i i don't know if we want to get wow. out of calculator and then yeah. so that was just with with eugene ballet i will i mean prior to that i went to but my degree is from butler university so we did nutcracker every year there 450 450 ish <laughs> times well, just at Eugene Ballet. That's just at Eugene Ballet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, and then, oh, um, so before Dancing for Eugene Ballet, I yes. did some at Lexington mm-hmm. Ballet Theater, probably a couple weeks of shows there in college for four years. And then at Hartford Ballet, when I was training, I don't know if I did every year, but probably almost every year growing up. And then we would also, my first several years there, we toured that as well. That's to so cool. New York. So that's many. And actually thinking about your tattoo, when I was thinking of retiring from, from ballet, I had a friend that was like, you should get a tattoo to commemorate 
you know, your career. Yeah. Why don't you get one nut for every nutcracker? <laughs> <you're done?" laughs> and I was like, that's, that's too many and not a cute tattoo, but. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Now that so we have done some math, yeah. we know that would be like, you're committing to a full body. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it has, to, it has to be over tattoo. a thousand performances. I would say. Like yeah. easily. Yeah. In many In your roles. lifetime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In your career of doing mm-hmm. the nut. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. Crazy. And that's yeah. just the Nutcracker. That's not I the know. other ballet. Right. So cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I feel rather connected to the Nutcracker. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So you went to Hartford, and then mm-hmm. it's, you mentioned that you went to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Butler, is that Butler, what you said? yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And did you go there to study dance? Like, was um, that- I did. I was injured when I was about 18. I had a back injury. So mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. we were talking about this, needed a backup plan. So yeah. I knew I wanted to pursue um, dance if I could and maybe see if it could lead to a professional career, but I was unsure at the time. So Butler had a great ballet program, but I, my major is in arts administration. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Cool. Um, I was also considering majoring in Latin and the, (laughs) (laughs) the and then I was like, so basically I, you know, either dance or Latin, like never gonna make any money <laughs> I am committed we've accepted this it's fine I feel like we knew at like 12 we yeah. were like we're gonna yeah. just do this do something I really enjoyed I like it, I like it so much yeah. it's alright peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for life yeah <laughs> worth it so what was your first nut- nutcracker role oh I was a saltwater taffy oh my god which so cute. I have it was not a cute costume <laughs> <laughs> they never are it's like a really ain't so Hartford Ballet had been doing the same Nutcracker for eons, um, and it was in their version. It was Michael Utoff's version, mm. which was super magical. His version was beautiful. Um, it The Mother Ginger Puppet was this massive thing operated by, like, several dancers. Unlike Eugene Ballet, there's one uh-huh. dancer in it. Yeah. But Whoa. there were a couple dancers, and they weren't really part of They were sort of wheeling this giant thing around. So there were a lot of kids under the skirt, and we were oh all different gosh. candy. Oh, And gosh. I happened to be a saltwater taffy a boy saltwater taffy oh. in a little like sailor suit yes <laughs> kind of gave me a wedgie i don't know was it cute <laughs> you're like this is my yeah. dream yeah i know but it was so fun <laughs> oh yeah that part's awesome yeah they just all kind of pop mm-hmm. out from underneath the skirt so mm-hmm. so I last i i have not watched the nutcracker i have not seen a live performance in quite a few years mm-hmm. Same. and then i haven't like i've seen blips of it um via youtube and things mm-hmm. like that how social media kind of like breaks things apart now so in totality it's been a long time since i've seen it so i watched um new york city ballet's uh 2011 version i think that's what it was that we watched Mm -hmm. yeah and it was um the balancing version which Mm -hmm. was that was also interesting that got me thinking too like how many different versions of the nutcracker are there Mm -hmm. out there and then like how many have you done Mm -hmm. and what was that challenge like well even like at eugene ballet haven't they changed it not a ton so since i've i mean we've been doing tony pimble's Mm -hmm. version or, and I, I believe this is her second version. So before, oh. and I'm not sure how long before I joined the company, she had created this new version that has now oh. been in the rep for at least s- at least 17 years. But yeah. but more than that, for sure. More, I would say 20, probably more than that. Wow. Um, and she adjusts things occasionally. She's mm-hmm. changed costumes. She's changed choreography. But the the overall look and the mm-hmm. you know the 
story, the through line. I mean, it's a pretty standard version, I'd say. Um, she has made some adjustments. Um, but her her version is very cartoony. I don't know if you've seen oh. it. Um, the sets are by Don Carson, who is or was a Disney Imagineer. Cool. So it's very... it. It has sort of a Disney feel mm-hmm. um, to it, and the sets are flat, which okay. gives it like a storybook. Yeah, you know, so the mm-hmm. the the visuals are very striking. I think. Okay, and yeah. we we can have a chance to see it, which is why I'm loving that you're here to talk mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. because Eugene Ballet Company will be t- is touring it currently, mm-hmm. um, but they will they finish the leg in Eugene. In Eugene this year, yeah. Um, what are those dates? December. 20 20 22nd 23rd no 21st 22nd 23rd i shouldn't know this like saturday no, you're on tour you don't know <laughs> what day it is it's, it's the the weekend before it's christmas tr- friday saturday sunday. friday saturday sunday it's december 20th 21st and 22nd <laughs> i was close yeah. <laughs> and i'm you taking can, this tour one day at a time yeah no as you should and you can find all that information mm-hmm. out on um, the holt center's website that's where it's going to mm-hmm. be at so mm-hmm. um and if you haven't seen it yeah. yet like you can and um yeah. this this yeah. podcast will give you a little inside mm-hmm. scoop and if people are elsewhere in oregon you can check eugenevalley.org for all of our tour dates are up there yes. too. yes that's so cool they're tra- you guys are traveling to how many cities this year 13 Ooh. which is which is low actually yeah for what we normally do wow it it varies depending on the year and that's so cool yeah. that's awesome that you guys travel around yeah. like that and perform it for taking them. ballet to the people mm-hmm. that's cool so you've been in like over a thousand performances of the Nutcracker. <laughs> you first were a saltwater taffy. So then, as a child mm-hmm. growing up in um, your ballet training, what is the ultimate role? Does everybody want mm-hmm. to be Clara or the princess? Or do, what? Yeah. What is for a kid? For a, yeah. What yeah. do you want to be? Well, and I think that that might depend on where you are and what the version's like. Ah. So, mm. like for example, Eugene Ballet Clara is an adult. Right, right. I, I, so, um, but as a kid in Hartford, Clara was the was a chi- was played by a child, and that was sort of a you know a coveted role, yeah. something that everyone wanted to do, and um, so that has, and I I did get to do that in Hartford's version, so that like that role oh holds my. a special place in yeah. my heart. So I enjoyed that, okay. um, and getting to dance with professional dancers yeah how old were you at the time um that's a good question I think I was 11 the first time I did it and then I I did Clara for three years in a row but each year the artistic director changed oh my so the the choreography was different and I think Michael Utoff's version Clara sort of transforms into the sugar plum fairy and then that's played by a professional dancer Mm -hmm. um but I think the other two versions she stays as a child and just sort of sits and watches everything happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah I think I've seen a, a couple versions mm-hmm. where like either Clara just grows up mm-hmm. like once they transfer into the land of sweets um, or she stays a child or she turns into the sugar plum fairy or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. yeah, I think that's what I read that Tony had changed her into an adult role yeah, and I it think... gave more possibilities in a way. Yeah. So I, and I choreography, think, I think her older version I was think Clara kid? was played by a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So then as once you become an older dancer mm-hmm. and your you know your technique is is you know top notch and you're kind of at the top of the company and um, what role as like a as a, a an adult company member does everybody want to be? 
and again, I think that varies, but um, I think the obvious answer is sugar plum fairy. Mm-hmm. Right? I do love a good yeah. sugar plum fairy. Because <laughs> um, so it's so technical. It yeah. Yes, because it's so, so technical. And it is, I mean, the music is so recognizable. Mm-hmm. It's a full, a full grand pas de deux. So you yes. get to do the, run the full gamut there. So um, and I have never done sugar plum fairy, actually really anywhere i've been yeah i mean i've I've learned it as a student you know the variation but that's a role i've actually never done wow okay Mm -hmm. would you explain pas de deux for listeners that maybe are unfamiliar (laughs) with french and dance terminology so don't judge my french pronunciation but pas de deux is literally means step of two or step for two and um the classical pas de deux format in almost all classical ballets is in four parts. So the first part is the the da- pas de deux, which is the two male and female dancers dancing together. So in Nutcracker, it's the Sugar Plum Fairy and her Cavalier, or, I mean, the names can change right, based yeah. on the versions, but some version of that. Some dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clara yeah. and a prince, you know. Yeah. yeah. Those fancy guys in tutus and tights, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> that's always followed by the male variation, mm-hmm. followed by the female variation, and then a coda, which is sort of like, Yay, let's look at all the tricks and one more, yeah, one more time. Yeah. yeah. Did you see this? That's what <laughs> yeah. that's what I always am thinking when I see it again, because I'm like, that the first time you see a trick that like trips your mind and blows mm-hmm. your mind a little, you're like, Oh my god, what did oh, I can't believe they just did that? And then they do it again. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, so amazing. They executed it twice. Yeah. And it's coming for a third. <laughs> and then in the coda you get to see it again. And mm-hmm. I love that like repetition mm-hmm. aspect of it. That's and how difficult is that as a dancer to nail something that is difficult multiple mm-hmm. times. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tricky. Just yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um and I I don't know what choreographer said it, but it, why we do things in threes a lot is mm-hmm. just one so the audience can see it, two so that they can recognize it, and three so they can appreciate it. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make it stick. Mm-hmm. That's a thing a that I do. That's <laughs> a that's a common theme in a lot of ballets. Actually, is the repetition of things, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. kind of coincides with the musical, mm-hmm. um, like construction mm-hmm. of how the the music is composed. Um, especially in classical music and Tchaikovsky is the the one that does the entire score for the mm-hmm. Nutcracker. So it's mm-hmm. all Tchaikovsky. Um, beautiful. Some of the most, we were just talking about this, like some of the most recognizable music mm-hmm. um, and it's so old, but it's mm-hmm. still so present today. And that's what I think I love the most about mm-hmm. the Nutcracker is that it's kind of, it's been a vehicle to bring this like really old music um, to the forefront and now it's like in movies we recognize it yeah. in, in the mall malls <laughs> we, yeah like Every it is day. it is the representation of yeah. the the winter season the mm-hmm. holiday seasons mm-hmm. and um that was one one thing i was thinking about is that a lot of people go to the nutcracker um as part of their family tradition mm-hmm. every yeah. year yeah. um i i wasn't that family but I've, I've seen it but i do know that families go every single year whether they are involved in dance or not like it just mm-hmm. becomes a thing or it's a really special treat yes. to do like maybe they don't mm-hmm. do it every they year but when up. they do it's like yeah. we're doing this yeah, yeah it's a thing mm-hmm. so people do this all over especially the united states they make it a family mm-hmm. tradition and i'm thinking about you and how long you've been a part of this story in all the variations that you've done it and how 
like can you just can you speak on how this also could be a tradition for you or is it or like what what role does the nutcracker play in your life every single year right well uh, I mean as I was saying I didn't do the nutcracker last year and I missed it which is funny because as a professional this is one of the things you you just do it year after year and Mm -hmm. other ballets don't find their way into the rep for six years at a time so you're ready to you know I'm ready to do Swan Lake again I haven't done it in a while but Nutcracker is a constant so uh, occasionally it can be referred to as Tchaikovsky's Purgatory (laughs) because (laughs) you just it's just it never stops (laughs) but it does I I think for every I mean at least for me, but I'm sure for other dancers, it, it holds a special place, you know, in our training. Cause I remember doing it as a kid. So, mm-hmm. and then just growing through it as a professional, you, you can work your way through different roles and yeah. see growth in one specific ballet that you couldn't in another. Totally. Um, but, and something that might be interesting to know about the Christmas tradition. I mean, it's a, takes place at Christmas. The story mm-hmm. is a Christmas story. Yep. And it's only in America, I, I believe, I could be making this up, but um, where companies all, all over the place perform Nutcracker just during Christmas. In Europe, they'll, oh, it's April, Anytime. let's do Nutcracker, you know? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it can I appear whenever. I was reading the history of it, and I think it was, you know, a story first, and it was yeah. a pretty gruesome tale. It's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the rats, the rats yeah. always creep me out. Yeah, because it's... Um, ETA Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, and against the Mouse King, and it sounds like, you know, it, it reminds me of, like, Brothers Grimm or something. Mm, like mm-hmm. Back in the day, they used to yeah. tell some pretty, like, scary stories, but that was also the entertainment and the imagination of it. And mm-hmm. so, basically, it said that the ballet, when it was made into a ballet, the story got watered down mm-hmm. for the ballet to be told. And so, yeah. but I think it's, not like, be creepy, but mm-hmm. being inviting mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit a little bit more palatable yeah, <laughs> yeah. because it is pretty bizarre There's isn't it yeah. funny though most i mean most fairy tales and most of these mm-hmm. like um stories they have a darkness to mm-hmm. them um yeah. most of the ones that we grew up you know listening to um even even hansel and gretel like that's pretty freaking dark like mm-hmm. she puts them in a freaking oven or something like she that. She eats children. She <laughs> I mean, that's it's like cannibalism. That's, that's <laughs> the darkest of the dark right there. Um, and then even like Sleeping Beauty and mm-hmm. Snow White, mm-hmm. like there's these other other parts of the story that over time has been made to be palatable by mm-hmm. audiences, whether it's in the form of a movie or a ballet or yeah. some other type of entertainment medium. But um, yeah, there's this darkness to it. And I, mm-hmm. I actually kind of like that the Nutcracker keeps a little bit of it, even if it's on the animated side. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's kept that. Yeah. And there is this this tension with evil and good. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, what are we watching, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. What has to be overcome kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, And I'm still, just by rewatching it and kind of like reliving the Nutcracker just as a viewer... I'm amazed by the technical feat of most of the entire ballet. Like, yeah. a lot of it is a, is a good chunk of storytelling in Act 1. Um, act 2 is straight up dancing after dance after dance after mm-hmm. dance. And the tech, like the technical rigor that goes into these solos and these pas de deux and like even just even in act one like with the kids mm-hmm. and if there's kids dancing in this particular like version 
they're so it's hard it's really yeah. hard mm-hmm. and it i think well a lot of classical ballets but have that showcase element yes to them yeah um and what's interesting and perhaps different about eugene ballets nutcracker i think one of your questions was how big is your cast yeah and we have 20 currently 23 dancers in the company okay and a lot of them are doing five wow. roles a night yeah yeah wow yeah. so it and it's because we have a we do big productions with a, a small cast of dancers that they're that we're like constantly changing in the wings yes and yeah. it's or layering costumes especially in what? act one because all the scenes are are very different but they happen kind of in rapid succession yeah mm-hmm. so it's a lot the dancers i i remember just being so exhausted <laughs> doing two sh- doing two shows in a day yes means you were doing you know 10 10 different dances you ten, or, yeah. yeah you had to be yeah. 10 different mm-hmm. characters in mm-hmm. one 24-hour time period yep. but that's also like a huge <sighs> gift i would think because i'm mm-hmm. in a bigger company you might get like a smaller role and right. in, that's it you yeah. know mm-hmm. in this way you mm-hmm. get to push and grow absolutely yeah more yeah and you have to because mm-hmm. you have to like keep the energy i would mm-hmm. imagine yeah by the second performance of a day and the 10th dance that you're performing. Wow. Yeah. So that's really something special about Eugene Ballet uh, is the, I don't know. It just, I think it speaks to the ability of the company um, absolutely. and, and mm-hmm. the flexibility, the adaptability mm-hmm. and the technical rigor that goes into mm-hmm. particularly y'all show, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're touring. So when you come back to Eugene, mm-hmm. do you expand that cast like with children or do you just keep it as the company the, as you've toured it? So that's a, that's a good question. We use, sp- uh, there are children's roles in the show. Right. And everywhere we tour, we use local children. Oh, that's best. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the so, best. <laughs> so uh, yes, we use Eugene kids in Eugene, and there's okay. a lot of them. And we actually have a few more roles, so the show is expanded a bit. Mm. Um, but when we tour, we pare down the show a little bit. I know you're asking about how big our set is. Yeah, that too. We have yeah. in our tour schedule. It's Oh, what are we? What show are we doing tonight? Is it Little Nut or Big Nut? (laughs) 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 Depending on the the stage, like the size of the stage, our sets are different. So you have to kind of like bring what you have and then adjust when you get there. Yeah. Oh my god. Our set is pretty modular, so we can fit different spaces. Wow. But but going back to the kids, we so my current role in, in the company, I'm resident choreographer, but. One, I wear many hats, and so now I'm touring with a company, not dancing anymore, but I coach the dancers and help them help teach their class. But I also go ahead of time and audition kids in oh, the, you know, in okay. August and September. I'll go to the oh. cities we're going to audition kids, teach them the dances really quickly, and then their local teachers keep rehearsing them. them. Cool. And then we go back, and the day of the show, I rehearse the kids again, make sure they're you know, doing the same thing, make sure they they know what's up and then have them see the set because they've been practicing in the studio. Right. So know where they're going to be in relation to Aww. all the set pieces and then add the company. So we, it's a well-oiled machine wow. with the local kids to wow. get them all in, you know. Wow, mm-hmm. that's so cool. You're giving all these kids this like huge in mm-hmm. into something that they would otherwise not. Yeah, to perform with a professional company. Yes. It's really exciting. Especially that if their so town cool. doesn't have one. Yeah. And I'm, that's the reason we go to a lot of these places. They don't yeah. have a company. So, 
that is so cool and that i think that's just kind of once again speaks on the unique endeavors that eugene ballet company is taking on um and kind of you know being that vessel of pushing pushing the boundaries of what ballet is like you see the tour dates so you think just the company is going on tour but you have no Mm -hmm. idea that like all of these other key parts are like a part of this Mm -hmm. um at face value Mm -hmm. you know so that is so cool I love that y'all do that that is incredible I never had an experience like that growing up um I also didn't go to like a a a more like ballet focused school ballet was definitely like the foundation Mm -hmm. um but I was trained in a lot of different styles because I'm from um east coast as well Mm -hmm. I'm from Florida so um I I didn't do like a production like that ever but I've Mm -hmm. always wondered what it was like <laughs> as, especially as a kid growing up I'm like hmm, I wonder what that would have been like to be in the Nutcracker every year you know mm-hmm. that's super cool it's, it's kind of fun yeah. um we go we don't always go to the same cities but I'll, there are a lot of cities we we frequent or we'll go every year Staples yeah. and you'll see the kids grow up and Aww. get to do an, like a new role and start recognizing the kids Aww. which is fun oh it's so fun so how does I know there's different variations in the Nutcracker and there's mm-hmm. different types of choreography depending on who that is and um, a lot of it could be current choreographers or you know people like New York Ballet they're mm-hmm. carrying on balance sheet and stuff right. from like the 50s and a lot of companies do that version yes it's and you know they're I feel like they're all really beautiful and they all have their own unique voice um, but I wonder there there's a thing about the ending of the Nutcracker and there's there's many different ways that it ends um and you know the one I'm familiar with is where they ride off in like a reindeer sleigh Mm -hmm. carriage or something like that Clara Mm -hmm. and her prince or her cavalier or something like that oh the nutcracker yep the who is the prince but also also the prince he turned he's many faces (laughs) um and they ride off together in this like reindeer sled and I was just wondering how how does the do you want to tell us the ending or oh, should we spoiler go alert. see it? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can, we can talk about the ending. Yeah. 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 I, th- I, th- I don't think it'll, <laughs> I, I think it's a sweet ending and I, I don't think it'll spoil too much. Okay. To talk. And okay. plus I feel like, yeah. It's people, been out yeah, there it, for I, a while. I think, yeah. People are familiar. <laughs> people are familiar. <laughs> but our ending is different though. I've been in many productions that have a similar ending to Eugene Ballet's mm. versus the Balanchine with the mm-hmm. sleigh. So, um, what happens is essentially all of act two is a dream is yes. in every version. Yes. I, I don't want to say every version. There are but a lot of different versions most. out there, but yes, uh, is Clara's dream. And she, in our version, she wakes up at the end in like back in her bed. Oh, I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, in Tony's version for the set, her, she falls asleep in her bed mm-hmm. and has all these dreams when holding the nutcracker. Yes. But in act two, uh, oftentimes Clara's sitting on a, like a throne in the kingdom of sweets or mm. what have you. Um, and in Tony's version, her bed is the throne. So she's sitting on her bed the whole time. It becomes like it, we oh. dress it up so it looks fancier, but it's mm-hmm. still the same bed she fell yes. asleep in. So nice. to still give it that like dream, like mm-hmm. feel, yeah. but, um, in the end she wakes back up in the bed and, has the nutcracker and sort of like, Ooh, was it a dream or was it real? I don't know. (laughs) But the, the little like touch that makes it sweet, I think in Tony's version is at the beginning of act two, the nutcracker doll who has grown into a life-size nutcracker played by a dancer who has transformed into the nutcracker prince who looks like a handsome 
is a handsome dancer versus Mm -hmm. a dancer with a giant nutcracker head on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He um, he's given for for bringing Clara to this magical land of sweets is given a red cape from the Sugar Plum Fairy as like a gift for being honorable. So at the end, when Clara wakes up in her bed with the nutcracker, he Oh. He has a little cape on, oh, so cute. and she's like, "Oh, how did that get there?" Oh. <laughs> so was it's like, it a, "Yeah, it's a sweet ending." Yeah, I think it's really cute. That is yeah. cute. Really That's a nice touch. That is really cute. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to get across ideas and dance sometimes like that. Like, mm-hmm. and now we're in this child's mind in a dream, and like, mm-hmm. how do you get that message to the audience in a way that makes sense? Mm-hmm. I like that with the yeah. bed. Yeah. So. Then there's this question. I know what question this is. Because it came up Mm -hmm. and it came up. It's, you know, I feel like I've kind of always thought about it as I've watched The Nutcracker, even though I didn't quite necessarily know how to formulate what I was like questioning at the time. Um, And then watching it recently, I was like, yeah, I, this, like, we have to ask this question Um, because in act two Mm -hmm. and like fill in to correct me if I'm Mm -hmm. wrong, because you know the story Mm -hmm. better than I do. But in act two, they get to the land of sweets and, um, you know, they're celebrating Clara and the Nutcracker Prince. And they're like, kind of, it's kind of like a very courted, um, like, uh, procedure where people come in and entertain, Mm -hmm. you know, the royalty or something like that. Um, very, very old school, right? And mm-hmm. um, there's people that are th- between the music and then the costumes and then the movement itself, it seems as though these dancers are from different countries and mm-hmm. they're representing like candy usually. Like mm-hmm. it's like chocolate from Spain and like, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know, co- yeah, <laughs> cocoa, <laughs> cocoa from Arabia or something mm-hmm. like that. So there's there's this question of, how, what are your thoughts about like foreign representation mm-hmm. in the Nutcracker or even in, and maybe you've had different experiences in different variations that you've been a part of and like how right. that's handled, but what do you, how do you feel about that from the inside <laughs> yeah. view? And then like just someone who's experienced it practically your whole life. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on Ooh, this. Tell me, yeah. thoughts. <laughs> tell me your thoughts. So, um, <laughs> And it, n- the Nutcracker is not alone in this sort of phenomenon. Yes. I don't know if you've oh, yeah. seen Swan Lake recent or a, ver- a, a classical version of Swan Lake. Yes. Where same thing, you know, there's um, in the palace, dancers from different lands come to celebrate the prince. And it's, you know, in the late 1800s, when these ballets were first created, people were traveling, but not you know, looking up different cultures and practices on YouTube or researching or, you know, like they just word of word of mouth, something exotic is happening over there. Like there are these flavors and colors and sounds coming from over here and this is how these people move. And, you know, so cool. But (laughs) I think now in today's society, some of that can definitely come across as not so sensitive. Right. Um, And I think there are different versions of the Nutcracker that deal with this differently mm-hmm. I know that I have seen versions that at, uh, that were like particularly the Chinese variation mm-hmm. can uh-huh. be to me and I'm not Chinese of uh, rather offensive yeah. and I feel uncomfortable watching it me too um there yeah that one especially yeah. so uh, and I and I know different people have different sensitivities and and mm-hmm. some of the other variations can also be seen as like 
maybe we shouldn't do this anymore, you know? Um, So I I think the ballet world is changing and needs to change. Um, But I think in terms of, and I'll just talk about Eugene Ballet's version just because that's the one that I have done the most. Um, I think Tony's done a, a really nice job of keeping the, the sort of tradition of these, uh, various dances and the, the music kind of dictates yeah, the movement it does. too. It does. And I thought about that yeah. too. I was like, it's not just the dancing and the costumes, like right. the music that we can't be like, Hey, Tchaikovsky, can you like not do that? Like can right. you change that please? And I, I've often thought about like, if I were to do a nutcracker, what would I do yeah. in place of that? Um, because the music is, is specific and telling and yeah. they, I, it's written in the score, you know, yes. this dance is from wherever, you know? Oh yeah. Um, but Ooh. What Tony does, which I think is is a nice touch, is like for example the Chinese dance, Balanchine version, and it's, it's like that, a yeah. lot of you know like fingers There's in the finger air and like it. shuffling and bowing and exactly. it's not ballet yeah, even exactly. it's like a caricature. Yes, you know? it's stereotypical. Um, yeah. Like a, yeah, what we think is stereotypical. It doesn't yeah. look like honoring. No, not at all. <laughs> not even close. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, and so. And I think uh, this is something that might be worth looking into, but the Balanchine Trust, like the the Balanchine's version was first done in late 50s, maybe Uh early 60s. Yeah. So um, the trust that keeps his work is pretty specific on how his work is done. But I heard recently that perhaps, particularly for the Chinese variation, Mm. that they were willing to adjust that okay. if uh if someone bought the rights to the ballet and was like we we won't do that you know that oh, they would which is really i think yeah a, at least a step in the right direction yeah um so <laughs> to, we'll change it on yeah. these stipulations yeah. <laughs> right mm-hmm. so um what tony does is she takes um it's very balletic her chinese is it's all classical steps and she um has the dancer use a like a big silk scarf on a stick which is mm. a traditional yes. use of of like a dance form a chinese dance form uh-huh. the dancer isn't made up to look chinese and the the costume is like a i guess silk costume that is okay. reminiscent of perhaps chinese culture but not you know not specific so or characteristic character- yeah. yeah so it's like a, a hint i guess yeah. And I think she she does that with all of her other diverts too. Like the Spanish has a fan, you know, a fan something, right. something that um, reflects that, and uh, I think shows showcases the flavor of the music well mm-hmm. without making mm-hmm. it something other than a ballet to that music, you know, like right. ballet yeah. stuff. So I think she does a good, really nice job of that. Um, though not to say that people haven't seen our production and written in saying they were offended yeah you know mm-hmm. and i think everyone's lines different and so yeah i think I, it's just the nature of how it was written you know what I yeah mean? like I, coming from those mm-hmm. roots from that place mm-hmm. and what are you gonna do yeah and it it brings i mean this is a whole i think this is a whole probably a whole nother podcast yeah. about mm-hmm. you know classical ballet and how we can approach some of the themes in in it um mm-hmm. and also just art and how mm-hmm. yeah I've been thinking about this a lot um because some people have said oh we need, just need to scrap Giselle altogether which is one of my favorite ballets mm-hmm. because in the Me Too movement yeah um you mm-hmm. know Giselle is 
too demure, you know, she's taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things about class in that ballet, too. Yes, she's yeah. basically a child. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But historically, and they say, oh, she should be a stronger character. Not, you can absolutely rewrite the ballet. You can make a current version. But if mm-hmm. you're doing a more true to the original, mm-hmm. like, that's how perhaps that character would have acted back yeah. then. So you can approach, you know, so I, I'm kind of on the fence about this and I'm sure yeah. I'll like change my mind a million times about yeah, totally. what should be done or not. Um, but I was thinking for, I, I think there's something about, cause you know, we have historical books. We don't just scrap them. We have right. paintings in museums mm-hmm. that might not be, appropriate appropriate now now, but they're still there but i also a part of history that we can't just right you can't toss it but there's something about um though it's a classical work it's being done on current bodies Mm -hmm. today today in in real time yeah yeah so i i think there's a lot to unpack there maybe for totally well and i think i think that's the beauty of classical things like classical mm-hmm. art in particular in particular because I think about the classical way to do the nutcracker for example and like the very specific ways and how Balanchine's trust is like you must do it this way because mm-hmm. we're preserving right mm-hmm. um but the nutcracker story has how many variations it mm-hmm. has how many different endings mm-hmm. it's now also a hip-hop thing right like oh, a yeah. hip-hop nutcracker was just mm-hmm. performed in Portland so these as much as classical is a vessel of preservation, it's also a door to open yeah. up to mm-hmm. how, how many other ways can you spin this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, like, is it time to now focus on the door versus the preservation of things, but mm-hmm. not scrap it? Cause it's yeah. kind of like, I think about like jazz and blackface, like jazz is my, you know, area of research mm-hmm. and study. And we have blackface like performances still on um like youtube and in certain shows from the past mm. we don't just burn them like we can't erase it we shouldn't erase it like right. we have to keep it to kind of learn yeah to and move, move forward. forward yeah absolutely. Yeah. so i i feel mm-hmm. like um that's that's something that i really love particularly about the nutcracker i'm just mm-hmm. like oh my gosh it's opened so many doors for like mm-hmm. new ways of doing ballet or new ways of telling the story Mm -hmm. um new ways of making it apply to real bodies in real time Mm -hmm. of today yeah so that's something i'm really like and then um like how do you feel then about is is the word i use the word appropriation Mm -hmm. like i i tread lightly on that because that's also like a a trending word Mm -hmm. i think right now um and i think it gets tossed around a lot and we don't really quite know what it means um but I wonder if what are your thoughts of if that is appropriate here because technically it's I mean as a ballet company the Nutcracker generates probably the most revenue for most companies around the country right like that's why I mean that is the rev that's the Mm -hmm. money maker ballet that you're gonna get every season and that's why people do it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's great, you know, it is great, but it, it does bring in a lot of benefits. So with that in mind, and then this piece that we're talking about, mm-hmm. like where does that fit in here and have, has that, yeah. have you ever had that discussion as a company or 
oh absolutely with other dancers yeah. over yeah. time and i i think just in the ballet world in general we're we're talking about what needs to change yeah. you know and the nutcracker is something that is a constant in the ballet world mm-hmm. or at least in the united states yeah um and that how, how what that change looks like and what's possible within you know within the within nutcracker and i i do think that the i guess yeah you could call it cultural appropriation i you know with yeah. that that's taking place in in the scope of this particular section of the ballet and I I believe that as we change as an art form and evolve that we can absolutely be more sensitive to that and change it research it more make sure that that you're taking into account the cultures that are being represented Mm. um in a if not more real I think you can do it in a way where you're representing the cultures if you want to go that direction Mm -hmm. i mean you could just go a whole nother direction yeah because it's the nutcracker and there are so many versions um where it's still ballet you know Uh i know that's a tricky thing so like taking the spanish dance you're not you could turn it into a flamenco dance i guess right right? well that's the first thing i thought of Mm -hmm. when i saw it but i was like Mm -hmm. but it's a ballet so but it's in point yeah yeah, like we're gonna mm -hmm. keep it ballet Mm -hmm. but how do we put the essence of right this this spain flamenco inspired stuff like in here Mm -hmm. and you can do it through the dance and through the costume through the music yeah and and through i think talking to people that know um and i think that's that's important that we have those conversations as we continue to to shape what ballet is becoming you know and without and still knowing where it came from you know Totally. I think mm-hmm. that's the thing about tradition, which is what the Nutcracker is, and it hits a time of year that's a traditional time of year. And the thing about traditions is what goes forward and stays tradition is what matters to people. So mm-hmm. when when we talk about the Nutcracker in this particular section, it matters to see what those different parts represent. Because I, when I think about those parts, there's certain dancers are suited for the certain roles because of what the choreography is asking of their bodies and what Mm -hmm. they're doing. And so it's really cool to see, you Mm -hmm. know, the Arabian Mm -hmm. dancer is really languid and stretchy and, Mm -hmm. you know, slow movement. And the the music is, you know, it's It's coming more sensual. Yeah. Yeah. And then like we were saying, like the section that is the Chinese section is, you know, it's a little fast, (laughs) you know, and we're moving. So I think that's the aspect that, goes through and then we can let go Mm -hmm. of those stereotypical things because they Mm -hmm. don't serve us anymore and that Mm -hmm. isn't working in our culture Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. well and i i loved what you said is that you it's not just in ballet i'm i'm Mm -hmm. i'm sitting here as we're having this conversation thinking about um cirque du soleil uh lanuba Mm -hmm. in orlando it's a big circus and there's a chinese section and three little like chinese kids come out and do little acrobats and they're dressed in certain ways and Um, I don't know if they're from China. I, right. I don't want to assume mm-hmm. anything, but mm-hmm. um, they may or they may not be. But it's kind of the same thing. Like the music changes, the costumes mm-hmm. change, the movement and or the tricks just because it's a little like Cirque du Soleil is a little different, especially mm-hmm. that show. It's not so dance oriented. It's definitely like acrobatics and circus right. stuff. Yeah. Um, but they kind of that it reminds me of that, too. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, like it's kind of everywhere. And yeah. You know, we're, and it, I think it all has good intentions. Like mm-hmm. we all want to start the the premise of th- that act too is um, all the, all these other guests from different lands are coming to celebrate and 
it's, we're coming it, together coming yeah. together in yeah. one place and we're showcasing how different and beautiful we are in our differences mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. like have this one common goal of honoring the nutcracker king and and clara mm-hmm. and I think it all has good intentions, but then there's that other layer of it that you're just like, you're watching it. I'm like, dang it, dang Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, no, I I really, I appreciate like all the things you just said Mm -hmm. about where we're going. And I love that there's conversation happening um, in the ballet world. And I just, I don't know, because I'm just so far removed from that right now. Um, So it's, it's cool to hear that 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 Mm -hmm. is happening. And I'm excited to see, you know, all the nutcrackers to come, Mm -hmm. what, how they change and stuff. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Hopefully I get to choreograph one. I know. Well, you have started, um, your own thing. Now you are co-directing something called Insta Ballet. Mm -hmm. And it's all, yeah, Yeah. hashtag. Spelled with a hashtag. I was like, do I say hashtag? Hashtag Insta Ballet or just Insta Ballet. Just Insta Ballet. (laughs) (laughs) And you're, you're co-directing this, this ballet company Mm -hmm. here in the Eugene and Springfield area. And I think you also travel with this one too, right? A bit. Yeah. Not as um, much as we. So tell us about Insta Ballet. What are you doing? So, um, I've, Formed it in 2013 okay. with uh, now uh, co-dancer Antonio Anacon. Now we're both not da- no longer dancing anymore. But um, we started it because we it was the summer, it was the off season, and we just wanted to dance and we wanted to figure out a way to get into the community a little bit more and do something a little bit more intimate with ballet because. Mm-hmm. We both love the art form of ballet, but we understand that we never we never get to interact with the audience. The audience is usually very far away. Yeah, it's very dark, <laughs> and you can hear people clap, but you don't really know their thoughts or what yeah. they're thinking. Um, so we decided to. Our first thought was like, oh well, we could just you know during the first Friday art walk do some some rehearsals that people could come to and just see ballet up close. Um, and then we decided we'd take it just like a little bit further and do an interactive activity where the audience actually creates the ballet on professional dancers in real time. So we, we thought it would be fun just to, like a one-off, you know, like we'll pick music, we'll pick the dancers, we'll get like a couple phrases of movement, and then we'll just like see if the audience would participate at yeah. all. We thought yeah. maybe they wouldn't, yeah. you know? Um, and so we had little, you know, like, bowls that had different choreographic devices in case people got stumped yeah um we just thought it'd be fun and so we tried it and it actually was super fun and the audience came up with this like beautiful pot of yeah (laughs) in case you were listening to that um it was it was beautiful so we're like we maybe we should do this again so Mm -hmm. we've been doing it since 2013 in the summer um and what was we basically did it because we wanted to keep dancing. Um, But what was really interesting was that a lot of people came up to us that had seen ballet before and they were like, Oh, I get it now. Oh my gosh. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. They were like, Oh, that's, you know, not just people randomly flailing around on stage, not speaking, but like communicating ideas through our movement, which is, I, I know people are so like, and people that haven't seen ballet got have have 
started watching ballet because of Insta Ballet. Oh, yes. that's so cool. Um, yes. I feel like it's like a gateway drug, you know? Yes. <laughs> but, I got a taste. Yeah, well, because your mission, it. your mission for it, it says Insta Ballet strives to make ballet and creativity accessible to all. And my mm-hmm. question to you was, mm-hmm. how do you think you've accomplished that goal? And Well, yes. Like, I mean, listen to what you just I, said. There's... I mean, I, I feel like we have more work to do to accomplish yes. that goal, but <laughs> that's, there's yeah, always, yeah, that work. yeah, that's a forever yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're, our shows are free. So that Good. is helping. Yeah. I think they're not, I think, I know there's a stigma around ballet that it is an elite practice, that it's not for everybody, that maybe mm-hmm. it's just for people that have a lot of money, though Eugene ballet shows are not that expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but people have that stigma. Oh, I can't afford the ballet. I can't go. I won't understand it. They mm. don't talk. I won't get it. Right. Um, there's a bunch of people in tights, and I feel weird. Like, you're, speaking, I don't know. <laughs> you're speaking real truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're yeah. totally speaking the truth right so, now. So um, our whole thing is to to bring ballet up close and like up close to people. Let them interact with it because I I feel kind of the same way about opera. Like if someone oh, explained yeah. opera to me and <laughs> talked me through all the arias, I think I'd appreciate it more. Yeah. Um, but even though I've performed in operas, I, it's not something I want to sit down and watch, mm-hmm. but I, I feel, or, or even yeah. make one. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Let> <laughs> yeah. So, I, and so that's, I think, I think have having people take ownership of an art form, be able to interact with it makes it more accessible. So I that's, love that. That's actually how I met you was when yeah. I was working at the Academy for Arts right. and Academics at our beginning of school. We had this camp and the kids go out for three days and have all these workshops and stay with their school out at a camp, which is just crazy. And this particular year there was an insane rainstorm and I think we were supposed to do it outside and we got stuck. It was like, Oh yeah. We're in the tiny little classroom. Yes, It was like, (laughs) I think there had been like beds in there and we had to move those out. And there were like 15 people in this tiny room and we made this crazy dance weren't they rolling around on the floor like yes. mops or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were dust bunnies and we, oh, we so like fun. rolled out the door and i wow. so remember that and that was you know like six mm-hmm. or seven years ago dust that was bunnies. maybe our first year maybe our second it, yeah year. it was yeah. like nearly mm-hmm. right at the we beginning. were fresh yeah. and, <laughs> and i i was concerned because i was like none of these kids know ballet how's mm. this gonna go and instead of um, pushing them out it brought them in and Everyone worked together. They created ideas, were you know brought up, talked about. People collaborated and performed it all together in this like tiny room. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was really fun. I actually have a video of it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the dust bunnies. Oh, I want to see so that. Cute. Yeah, I'll have to dig it up. We should revisit you, that. So, yeah. do you guys have anything coming up for 2020? 2020. I'm like 2021. Yeah. Whoa, hold on. Um, yeah. 2020 summer. Right. So we. Um, always do the first Friday art walk and we start in May okay. once the Eugene Ballet season's mm-hmm. over. Cause we don't just use Eugene Ballet dancers, but it's mostly, mostly. yeah. Um, so we, we can't during the season, there's just too much going on. Plus I'm, I'm pretty busy. Yeah, too. Yeah. So yeah. we start, we do <laughs> on um, your off time, yeah. right? <laughs> we do first Friday, um, art walks in May, June, July, August, September. And then we go back into the Eugene Ballet season. Nice. So we do it, we do it all summer. Um, and then 
we usually do a fundraiser in August. We're st- that's still TBA. Okay. But that's usually a lot of fun. And then um, we just recently were at Bridgeway House. Do you know? Yeah, I saw your posts about that. Yeah. Your social so media posts. We we do two of those events a year, and they're they're close to the public. But it's um, at a if people don't know the Bridgeway House, it's a school for children with autism and other related abilities. And we've been working with them for I'd say. A good five years now doing um two two shows a year there where the students create on eugene ballet dancers and that's a lot of fun oh my gosh how awesome is that yeah and um the i guess the most this this isn't totally an insta ballet thing but because i wear all the hats Mm. (laughs) i'm putting i'm just like throwing things into this (laughs) together so in february I should probably look at the calendar, but I want to say it's February 8th and 9th. <laughs> we will look at the calendar. Um, Eugene Ballet is our February show. Yep. Eighth, yeah, February 8th and 9th. Uh-huh. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so it's Eugene Ballet's winter program. Um, Tony Pimble's doing her Alice in Wonderland, which is really magical. But And I'm doing a ballet, I'm choreographing ballet called The Large Rock and the Little You based on a children's book Mm. but in order to inform the choreography for that story insta ballet went into jasper mountain center which is it's a facility school safe place for children that have um, experienced abuse and they the book the large rock and little you was written um, the author was inspired by these children he teaches there oh wow okay so um, it's it's essentially their story it's a like beautiful story about perseverance and hope, wow. and so Insta Ballet went to Jasper Mountain, had an Insta Ballet, um, like session, a, yeah, yeah, session, a creative session with the students to to specifically create movement based on the book on the dancers. Wow! So I'm gonna take that Insta Ballet experience into my own choreography uh-huh. and like mash it together and make a bigger what an awesome ballet. collaboration yeah. like that is yeah. that's a great collab right there that's um, full circle that mm-hmm. is and it's yeah. and it's on a really deep level too which yeah. is really spectacular i'm excited for that to like so come february. together okay february. Mm-hmm. so we'll have to we'll have to pump that in february remind all of our listeners to yeah. go to that but but currently insta is sort of in the off season yes yeah. taking a break because mm-hmm. nutcracker season is on <laughs> right now all the nutcrackers oh my gosh well that is awesome and um i really appreciate you coming and talking about this i think even just this podcast and hearing about the nutcracker mm-hmm. probably will make people want to go see it if, especially so, if they've yeah. never seen it because it mm-hmm. is quite a magical show um Absolutely. it's super holiday um, esque and just gets you right into the spirit of things and yeah. lots of bright color. Like it's just a really mm-hmm. like um, I don't want to say fun and I don't want to say entertaining. I don't want to say those words. It's it's magical and mm-hmm. it's um, yeah. it's it's whimsical and it kind of brings you. It's it's a uh, it's nostalgic. Yeah. I think even if you've never seen it before, yeah. I feel you've like heard that's the music. There. Yeah, I think it has a yeah. familiarity. I can't say that yep. word, but yeah. Familiarity. <laughs> that one. Yes. How many drinks have you had? <laughs> Not even one. <laughs> right? Um, that, yeah, it's, it's recognizable. I feel like, feels like coming home to a lot of people. And it's super United States. Like, it's super mm-hmm. this country. And 
Um, yeah. I think between the Nutcracker and the Rockettes, like that kind Covers of, all. that is it. <laughs> that's like, the holidays that, those, right those, there. The holiday dancing that you need right there. Yeah. Um, it's a good introductory ballet too. Like if you have mm, never yeah. seen a ballet, that's a good one to go mm. to. And you can do the things that we were talking about, like dress up, go out to eat, go to the ballet, yes. have an evening. That's an experience to be sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I recommend... So if you want to see the Nutcracker this holiday season, um, Eugene Ballet Company is performing that at the Holt Center uh, December 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And I believe on the 21st and 22nd, there's matinees in addition. Um, There's a Friday evening Uh and then two on Saturday. So Saturday matinee, Saturday evening, and then a Sunday Sunday matinee matinee Mm -hmm. only. Okay. And then you're done. And then it's your, that's mm, the end of your con- Nutcracker conclusion. season. Yes. <laughs> Until next <laughs> year. And to, oh, and then when do you guys start rehearsals for all that? For Nutcracker. Start rehearsals? Yeah. Oh, when did we? Yeah. Uh, right after we finished Swan Lake, we had a day off. You're <laughs> <laughs> welcome. <laughs> no, I, I lied. We were kind of like. Um, dual. Yeah, dual. Mm. So I lied. Yeah. It was all yeah. at the same <laughs> time. Yeah. <laughs> Even no, big. It, it never stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read an article yesterday talking about like the question was, are ballet dancers athletes like football players? And I was like, why is this even still a question? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the answer is yes. In case anyone is wondering. <laughs> yes. But specific then you, but then technical. Ha- but then, yeah, then there's the art part. Yeah. That it, confuses so the question. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Athletes plus. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. Expressive athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess football players dance in the end zone. I'm going to think about that. If mm. you go to a duck game, they dance at the end of the third quarter. That's really cute. It's my favorite part. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I don't I don't know. That's a, that's another podcast. Yeah. Athletes and dance. Mm-hmm. And w- I'm saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I think we're nearing the end and we will have the hazelnut cracker. Yes recipe uh because this was a delicious tasty treat just like the nutcracker ballet absolutely absolutely and Susie, thank you so much for joining us today um you know i think both aaron and i really look forward to what you bring to the table for eugene ballet company and then like insta ballet and then how you're fusing all those things together and then like you're you're stepping into and bringing forth the future of ballet and i think that's really awesome and we're excited to like be along and see that journey progress as the years go on in 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 little old eugene in (laughs) springfield like this is really cool so to have some meaningful work that's like Mm -hmm. touching people's lives and changing their perspectives on dance and that's the beautiful Mm -hmm. work right there yeah so if you want to learn more also about eugene ballet company you can visit eugene ballet company it's just eugeneballet.org thank you Mm -hmm. eugeneballet.org and it's directed by tony pimble shout Mm -hmm. out tony Mm -hmm. um and then uh eugene ballet academy is the school Mm -hmm. um where um, younger dancers and even adults can go take class um, and that's located in Eugene and that's they have a kind of like a tied um, website so if you go to eugeneballet.org yeah you can, it's all you can find the mm-hmm. academy as yeah. well um, and for tickets for the uh, Nutcracker if you want to see that in Eugene or Springfield go ahead and head over to the Holt Center and if you want to see it in a different city on tour 
um, head over to eugenevalley.org and yeah. check it out and yeah. um if you've never taken a ballet class with Susie, oh man you should because it's so awesome i loved i always loved dancing like across the room from you just watching <laughs> oh, you do thanks. bar i'm like how is she so awesome oh my god mm. like Gosh, we're just doing like really demi nice. plies i'm like oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so beautiful. So magnificent artist, choreographer, person. Yes. Thank you so much for Thanks. being here. Thanks yes, for thank having you. me on your show. It's yeah. Great. Yay. Mm-hmm. Well, stay tuned. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Dance Bar Podcast. Yes. And we are on Facebook. We have a page on Facebook, the Dance Bar Podcast. Please give us a follow. We will post um, our episodes there and some exciting news as we get it. Um, and we wish all of you a really happy, happy holiday season this year. Um, we're all getting ready for 2020 to roll around. And I think 2019 has been, uh, a really, uh, life changing year for all of us Mm -hmm. and, uh, the dance bar podcast that that was the year of birth. Um, so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what the next year brings and, um, Yeah, I just say cheers to the new year and cheers to happy holidays, and we will see you on the flip side. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers.